right, welcome to Jays from Home. Uh, my name is Matt Gower, and today my co-host is nobody. I am self-co-hosting the show. I guess uh, you could say that I'm doing uh, uh, trying to do a solo shot for today's show. Um, so, as always, follow us uh, at our Twitter page, at Jays from Home, and tell all your friends about us, because, uh, or I guess today it's only me, but uh, yeah, we're, it's a fun uh, podcast, it's, 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 it's great to talk about the Blue Jays every week, and, and even when there's only one of us, we try to be consistent, drop it every Monday morning, just for you, whoever's listening, uh, even if it's just my wife, Krista. And probably Steve's listening to this too, just to see if uh, I, I name drop him at all. And, and Glenn too. More Glenn. Glenn's more on the name drops because uh, our brother Glenn, he co-hosted one week. Uh, he he is keeping score at home. Last week he counted. I think he said only two mentions. So that's uh, Glenn. If you're marking a score today, that's mention number one. Uh, I guess that'd be top of the first uh, M one for mention one or G one, whichever you, you want to do. It's, your scorecard it's how it's how you mark it it's it's your own thing um i'm gonna take a sip of my drink here today i am drinking uh kitchisippi uh warrior woman american pale ale i believe this one was originally uh brewed for um women's day uh yeah it's pretty good it's kind of like a uh an ipa and uh yeah it's pretty good okay so um let's go through uh this week's uh results for the blue jays um it's been a weird week because they played the mariners and i was expecting them to do better uh than they than they showed against the mariners on tuesday they they did kind of meet those expectations they won uh nine to two the 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 bats kind of came out of out of the out of hiding for that game um yeah, it was a pretty good game. Um, I don't really have any notes on that one. I guess it's pretty straightforward. The, the score speaks for itself. Uh, on Wednesday, though, that was a kind of a tough game. I didn't I didn't watch it, though, because, um, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, I do prefer to PVR my games because I like to watch them start to finish all the way through. Um, and this was a YouTube uh, game. So it, I was not able to, uh, to, to kind of start it from the beginning. And... It kind of had a weird feeling to it, anyways. Maybe I'll get get to that a little bit later in uh, in my, in my uh, home run walk and strikeouts. Um, but yeah, and it was also the, uh, a stats cast game, which was uh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, they, they lost to the Mariners. The Jays lost to the Mariners in ten innings, nine to seven. Uh, so that's a tough loss. Uh, yeah, um, and then so that was Thursday, uh, and then uh, Friday. We saw just an amazingly dominant performance by Alec Manoa against the Rays. The Jays won 11 to one, and Manoa at one point uh, he struck out seven straight uh, batters, and that and that actually set the Blue Jays' uh, record. And uh, he had I think on in total 10 on the day. Now, kind of strikeouts are a little bit easier to come by than they have been in previous in, in previous years, but still, like that was just an impressive performance. The uh, I think that's probably the best uh, outing that we've seen from from Manoa uh, all all year long so far. So he's he maybe even be, be building a case for himself to get Rookie of the Year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay, so that was that was a really fun game to watch uh, and score too. I scored that one on my at home. Um, Saturday we saw the Jays again. They beat the Rays six to three. That was an odd three p.m. start to that game. Uh, they were pretty uh, in control up uh, until the end when the, uh, in the ninth inning when the Jays 
uh, scored a couple of runs uh, off of uh, the reliever. I, I forget who it was in relief. Um, yeah, and then today uh, they 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 lost to the to the Rays five to one, and Dolis really kind of let that game get away from them. It was pretty close right up until the 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 I guess the the top top of the ninth. Um, there were it was a two to one game. And Dolis kind of just, they scored three runs on him. And uh, yeah, the Jays let that one get away. They could have, they could have, they could have made it, made it close. They could have made it maybe get gotten into extra innings, but uh, nope, uh, they lost five to one. So um, after that week, we have uh, a record of 43 and 39. Um, now let me just go check the standings really quickly here and see where we're at in the division. So Jays currently are um, third place in the division. Um, I guess really they did like they took two out of three versus Tampa Bay, so that uh you know like they Tampa is is kind of a struggling team of late, so they they did take advantage of of a team in their division and and won two out of three, so that is a positive about uh the results this week. I feel like they could have uh done a little more against Seattle that they shouldn't have lost that series against Seattle, but uh, Boston is still. Uh, leading that division, they're uh, one of the hotter teams in the league right now. Um, so Jay is currently sitting eight games back of the division lead. I think, I think even though we're just halfway through, and I'll get a little bit more, uh, uh, talk a little bit more about the halfway point in, in a little bit. But I think that uh, it's safe to say that the Jays probably won't be in contention for the division uh, lead unless something just crazy happens like a combination of just teams going on a slide Jays going on a hot streak and they in order for the Jays to go on a hot streak they really do need to get some help uh, especially in the bullpen uh, yeah so I think that we're probably at this point it's it's safe to say that we're battling for a uh, wild card spot or not we the Jays I'm not I am not a blue Jay uh, although if I were um, I would probably be a terrible Blue Jay. I would. I haven't swung a bat in, in years. Ah, more beer, yummy. Okay, so um, let's get to this week's um, home run, walk, and strikeout. So this week we actually saw a trade, uh, which is which is positive, a, a really big positive. I, I, the the Jays um, they sent um, they sent who did they send? The Panic and. A reliever, a double A reliever, I think it was for um, Adam Simber and uh, Corey Dickerson. Uh, so Simber gives them some some good. Uh, he's the key guy in this trade here. Is is, is Simber? He he gives them some uh, help in the bullpen. Um, and I've only seen him pitch a, a hand a few times. Um, I I do like how he pitches. He he his 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 pitching wind up or his, his stance is is quite unusual. He's a side armor. Um, and I like how his pitches tail out towards the right side of the plate when he's uh, facing lefties. So, and so that's that's important because, like, with the three batter minimum rule, um, he's gonna face some some lefties, uh, if, if especially if they put him uh, in in the middle of the inning. And he's not like a strikeout guy. I I, I guess uh, the the consensus is he's kind of like a contact hitter guy. So as long as he keeps the ball in the park and and he, he and he gives that sidearm like it just gives a different look like he he no other pitcher in the bullpen looks like he does as far as like the style and 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 how how he pitches so th- this is uh it's an important kind of just even just change of look cuz that's one thing i think that has made 
uh, a team like Tampa Bay successful over the past uh, few years, and especially last year, is they've got a lot of different looks coming out of the bullpen. Um, so that that's really important. Uh, and I, th- I think that we just need some more strong arms in the bullpen, which um, another another positive uh, is that they, they signed John Axford, Canadian John Axford, after the after the Can- Team Canada uh, got knocked out of the uh, Olympic uh, competition. So he, I think, I, last I heard, he, he actually pitched pretty well in a triple-A spot. So we might see him uh, up in the lineup pretty soon. So that that's pretty cool if uh, if he is able to make a difference. Like, he's, he's been out of the league for a few years now. But if he's able to come back and, and kind of be... A, an effective pitcher out of the bullpen that's another positive but still they've got the jays have a long uh, a lot of work to do um it's it's hard because the deadline is, is is less than a month away the end of july but um the the longer that the jays uh take to 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 get help in the bullpen uh the harder it's going to be to make a difference coming down down the road. Like if they make a, a trade now, they have that much more time with that player to help make an impact on the team. Um, so, and it's it's hard because if you, the, I think the earlier you try to try to make a trade, the more you're going to pay for that player too. So like, uh, the it's it's a it's a game of chicken for GMs right now. They want the 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 GMs who are selling their players uh, to to the teams who are buying. They want to wait as long as possible to try to get the absolute best price, and that doesn't happen generally until the trade deadline. But hopefully, as the Jays did with with Simber, um, they can. Uh, make another sneaky good move like that and another benefit of this trade is is, is Corey dickerson uh he's just a bonus left-handed bat which the jays did need did, did need in their in their uh lineup so uh that left-handed bat uh we don't really know how he's injured right now so we don't really know um how he's gonna do but i think he's he's a, a more certain thing than than like a rowdy tell is or so, someone like that so uh he's just a bonus but he was kind of the cost of that trade is taking on that contract really but uh, he could be helpful uh but i think i think the jays still do need a little bit uh well, a whole, not a little bit a lot more help they need they need some some more impact arms in the bullpen if they if if they want to uh make a run at, at even a, a, a wild card spot and so some help on, uh, on the starting uh, staff would be good too. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that, with that. Um, so that's, that's my home run for the week is, is the trade. Um, I guess because I'm co-hosting, I'll give myself a couple of home runs this week. Uh, Vladdy, Teoscar and uh, Marcus Semyon were all voted to start the all-star game, I guess in the second round of, of voting because they, they all made it past the first round. So in the second round, they all got voted uh, to the starting lineup. So that's pretty positive. I mean, and I'm hoping that maybe Bo Bichette might, might make it in as well. Um, so that that's great. We'll see all three of them wearing those ugly all-star game uniforms in the starting lineup in, in Colorado in uh, about a week and a half now. Uh. All right. So my walk is actually the uh, YouTube game. Um, I, like I said, I didn't really get a chance to watch it, but the production and presentation of it just sounded off to me. Um, it was basically, uh, they, they, it was the, the, uh, I guess the, uh, stat cast game. So it was basically, uh, they, they broadcast the game from, uh, the MLB network studios, uh, kind of all like around like a, on a couch, like kind of a round table kind of discussion. And the audio of it, I guess because of just how they were mic'd or whatever, because normally when you have uh, traditional announcers, they'll have the, the, the headset mic right on their face. The audio just sounded a little bit 
too uh, muddy compared to like the the crowd sound. It almost blended into the crowd sound. So that so that's sort of a negative about the game. And the positive though was that it was a stat cast game. So you got some uh, interesting statistics and information that you don't normally see what i really like about those stat cast games and i hardly get a chance to see them at all is that uh they have uh, a view a little graphic of the diamond and they have um the the, the shifts or whatever the def- defensive layouts uh, uh like real time as you're watching the game because you can't always see uh, uh, the defense when you're watching the the pitcher versus batter uh, camera angle so that 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 i liked a lot but uh, at the same time, it was just hard to uh, kind of sometimes maybe maybe it was my TV I don't know but it sounded like the uh, the, the the audio of commentary of the game was battling the crowd noise um, so th- and that was just I think a, a a result of the way that they uh, kind of recorded the game they, they they were all in one room not not specifically mic'd like a traditional broadcaster. But again, I like the sad cast, so, so that, that kind of evens itself out, out and makes it a walk. Um, so yeah, that, only one one walk, so uh, my, my, my uh, Ghost Runner co-host uh, failed me on, on it this time, but uh, we'll go to the strikeout now. Uh, my strikeout this week is uh, Tyler Chatwood. Um, he is just not consistent enough to be a reliable arm in the bullpen. He When he's great, like when he, when he, when he, he does good things for... for when he makes good results for the for the Jays, uh, he looks really really good. But then, like it seems like every other appearance, he can't find the plate and he just walks and walks. And when he's like that, he always gets like Charlie Montoya just gives him too much rope. They like I feel like if they're gonna put Chatwood in, they have to have uh, a, another bullpen arm at the at the ready until he until he's put together three four uh, appearances in a row. Uh, of, of consistent uh, results but he just can't find the, the 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 plate right now and he's just walking everybody and it's it's happening way too often so we and and they, they put him on the on the injured list the the the, the scare quotes injured list where I think they they, they want to DFA him soon but they're not they're not quite there yet maybe they're waiting again for for more for more more uh, arms to come in uh, and uh and help the bullpen. We'll see. But uh, right now he's just on the on the injured list with a with with a I think a, a sore neck. Uh, he's definitely being a pain in the neck for the for 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 the fans and 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 for the for the team in general. Just just not being able to find the strike strikeout and the strike zone and and just causing us to lose some 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 winnable games. It's it's frustrating to watch him. So he's he's one of my strikeouts for the, for the week. And then my final um, strikeout for the week um, is going to be the the Dodgers. They they're one of my favorite teams, and I th- they just really I think let me down, and I'm sure they let the rest of their their fan base down and and baseball in general with how they dealt with the Trevor Trevor Bauer uh, situation. He's been accused of of sexual assault or misconduct or whatever it is, and th- they should have immediately put him on paid leave but I think they waited a day or two I don't know if they waited because they were actually trying to gain some sort of like roster situation because they put him on a seven day uh, leave but initially they went once the uh, allegations came out they um, they they said that we're just gonna uh, wait and see what happens and our and there's nothing that we can do but 
there is something they can do. They can they can make him not play for the team. And I think that uh, you know with his track record, they can. He's been known as a Twitter bully uh, to to uh, especially women, uh, and and he's he's sicked his 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 Twitter crowd on 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 people, and he hasn't been the most uh, positive. Uh, person uh, <laughs> going into this uh, popular person going into this uh, uh, season, so I think that uh, you know he he might be the highest paid player uh, in the game right now. I think the highest paid pitcher, but uh, the Dodgers are certainly a team that, that can afford to uh, just release him, just get rid of him. He he shouldn't be on that team, and until um, this. Uh, investigation and court proceedings are, are done he shouldn't be playing baseball and for whatever happens he needs he needs to rehabilitate his uh his himself he needs to show that he's a different person in order to have the chance to to play in the in baseball again in the major leagues so i think that uh yeah the dodgers just really let me down and they they should have they should have off the bat just done something right away but they they, they waited too long and uh, the, the the quote was there was it, it's out of our hands it was totally in their hands so I'm I'm a little disappointed about the Dodgers and honestly I have a couple of a Dodgers hats I've got an LA Dodgers hat a Brooklyn Dodgers hat I, I can't wear those right now without thinking about the whole situation how it was mishandled so uh, it's it's gonna be hard to to root for the Dodgers going this this year and going forward uh, for a little bit so we'll see how how the situation uh, ends up for 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 them and. And for and for Bauer and for for the victim as well. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay. So other notes. Um, Springer, uh, he was uh, elevated to the uh, cleanup spot this week, uh, and he hit uh, on on two pitches. He hit two home runs. Uh, he did really well. And I I do like. I feel bad for Tay Oscar because he's been playing pretty well lately too. He's the all star. But I I like how it kind of just makes that lineup even stronger. Springer has been has been hitting well since he returned for <laughs> the second time and uh yeah, he, it just adds an extra layer of of danger to to the Jays lineup. Um it's uh it's 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 getting scary and as the days go forward and people are getting healthier, it's getting scarier. Um Danny Jansen just came back. That's not scary necessarily, but it's it's good good maybe for some of the pitching. Um because he's a good defensive catcher, uh, but uh, this this lineup is is getting scarier and scarier. Um, speaking of of scary lineup and, and and trades and whatever, like Guriel has he he got a grand slam this week. He's been playing well, so um, I'm excited. I I applied I guess last week for the Pena Power shirt, so I'm hoping that at least he gets maybe one game in uh, if he, he ends up being on the trading block, um, bef- so I can. You know, sport my my Pena Power shirt and have it relevant, uh, and and he's still a Blue Jay. When <laughs> by the time I get it, who knows? They said it would take, I think, sixty days. Might it might take for me to get my Pena Power shirt? So we'll see. Uh, but I just hope that he's still a Blue Jay for at least one game while I have my T-shirt on, or my Hawaiian shirt, or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, um, I wonder who the Jays like if if they're gonna really want to have some six significant. Um, upgrades in pitching they're gonna have to dangle probably some some either some significant prospects or some uh some actual major league players and a lot of people are saying biggio but biggio has been really good coming back uh off the injured list he's been hitting really well um guriel could be the guy because i just feel like 
his defense is a liability and you can put a lot of people like maybe Corey Dickerson you could plunk him into to left field uh, I'm not sure how, how how good of a defender that he is so maybe maybe you put maybe move Teoscar over to left field but we've got to have we've, we've got to make sure that if the pitchers pitching isn't isn't going to be um you know 100% reliable we got to make sure that the, at least the defense behind the pitching is going to be reliable especially if you have you're, you're, you're trading for players like Simber who are going to pitch to contact and it's going to it's going to get out there and, and, and the ball's going to need to be fielded and it's just every time a, a fly ball goes out there towards left field you worry about the route that uh, Gurriel takes it's hard to take a sip of a beer uh, when there's nobody else talking with you by the way it's it's uh normally when someone else talks you can kind of sneak a sip of beer in but now it's just this long awkward pause while i take a sip of beer so so you're gonna have to just deal with that for the rest of the day i hope that's okay um okay so uh yeah springer um the yankees are are not playing so well they're actually behind the jays um and i think i talked about it going in like i picked the yankees to win the east uh in, in our season predictions but at the same time, like their their weakness in starting pitching, uh, kind of made me a little a little bit kind of skeptical about what they would be able to do uh, long term uh, if if they kept the, their their starting uh, pitchers as they are right now. And the fact that they're relying on the two big middle bats, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, who are often injured and deal with injuries like it seems like one of them is always like the pokeroo they, they can't always like be in the lineup at the same time like this this lineup was designed to break down and if if i can see something as as, as clear as day couldn't one of the smartest uh, front offices see that coming as well like shouldn't shouldn't they have at least tried to to uh to shore up some of that uh, depth like get some more depth in their in their lineup and, and get some more help like they traded away adam Ottavino. uh right now um uh, uh their closer what's his name uh uh yeah what he, he's not pitching well um so it's just they, they i feel like all the things that are happening to the yankees right now they could have foreseen and they could have uh prepared and and made some moves to 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 combat those 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 weaknesses um but they haven't um and i feel like on the other end all the other teams in the east and and boston really hasn't done anything they've just played really really good baseball uh but all the other teams in the east should have realized this too and kind of maybe not gone all in but pushed some more poker chips and into the pot to kind of uh to kind of fight the yankees and 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 take more advantage of, of the spot because this is a tough division uh it's 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 a hard division to win you, you know everybody wrote off the red Sox and look look at what they're doing right now um and it's just gonna get tougher from from here on out like next next year uh you know baltimore they're a bad team right now but they're getting better like if you watch them against the jays they have some good hitters they have you know ryan mount castle and, and cedric mullins just to name a, a couple off the top of my head they're they're playing really well and and they've got the brains hopefully the ethical brains of the Astros uh, running that team. Um, and so they've, they've got some smart baseball minds uh, designing a team that uh, is not going to be, you know, a one-off team once they're, once they are winning baseball games, it's not, it's not going to be next year, 
but you know maybe two or three years from now they're start they're going to start to make a run so this is going to be a hard a hard division to 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 compete in and and this year might have might have been the year for some of the teams to uh to 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 make a run okay so um the uh nats have been uh, playing really well on the on the nl side the nationals um it seems as though they just kind of don't take the spring very seriously april and may you know they 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 just kind of mail it in and then they start to to push the gas come come summertime because uh they they are now making it's it's, it's kind of a weak division in general but they're 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 making a run at uh at the mets um schwarber was was, was one of the hottest uh, players in baseball until he got injured a couple days ago uh but it's nice to see the nets uh relevant uh they're one of my again teams that i prefer uh to watch one of my more favorite teams uh kind of because of the the, the expos connection a little bit uh uh and and it's nice to see them uh you know in in the midst of things because the mets and 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 the nationals are actually a pretty good uh rivalry and i want an excuse to be able to watch juan soto play when it's not against the blue jays because uh, he is one of the the most exciting players uh, in the game um so it's nice to see that um so yeah we're we're actually about halfway through the baseball season at this point uh which is crazy like the uh the, i just wanted to take a quick kind of look at things uh uh as we uh get to the halfway point like we uh our predictions i don't remember exactly what i predicted or or what steve predicted but i i, I like i said i predicted the yankees to win the east the white Sox for the central the A's for the West, and I think the Twins and the Angels as the wild card spots. Did I pick? I'm, I or was it the? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think maybe. I, I don't think I picked Toronto. Uh, they 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 have a chance though. But at this point in the in the AL, we're looking at Boston leading the East, uh, White Sox leading the, the the central minnesota is is one of the worst teams in the league this year which is very surprising um houston uh is is one of the best teams in the league which i didn't didn't really see that coming so much i didn't i thought that they uh were a bit weakened uh, uh but they're they're a really strong team um and i assume that they're not cheating uh and the, the angels they're at 500 right now um, which brings me to another one of my predictions. I predicted that Shohei Otani would win the MVP, and I think that's kind of looking like it might uh, happen. So uh, I would love Vladdy's having MVP numbers too, but I think the fact that Otani, unless he gets injured, like and, and can't finish the season, um, what he's doing is is unprecedented. We've never seen anybody do like pitch with the, the, the success that he's pitching with and, and hit I think last I checked he was at 30 home runs which is insane leading the league uh, with 30 home runs so I think that he's he's making the case for for MVP which is which is fair but it's also unfair to Vladdy because he's also having really really great numbers he could easily uh, win MVP this year as well uh, and on the national side Mets are leading the uh, the east Milwaukee uh, our B team uh, in the central, uh, and here's the surprise. Here's the surprise. The Giants um, are—they're the best team in the NL, which is crazy. Um, and they're doing that on uh, just finding really good starting pitching off the the scrap heap, basically. Um, they're, uh, 
they're they're just playing really well. They're they're leading the the, the Dodgers, um, and San Diego uh, they're they're having a tough time too. I think I think maybe their 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 depth is kind of uh, getting the best of them right now. Um, so yeah, I I picked the the Brewers to win the division um, in the Central, and I believe I picked the Mets uh, in the East, and everybody picked the Dodgers in, in, in the, uh, in the West, but I don't know. I don't know who's going to win though. It's, it's, it's the wild West really. I don't know who's going to win the West. Um, wild card is some, someone out, out of the West is going to win the wild card for sure. I think two teams out of the West are going to win. The, I think it's going to be the, whoever doesn't win the West and between LA, San Francisco, and San Diego is, are going to have the, the wild card team the, uh, uh, games. So that, that'll, that'll be interesting to watch uh, in the playoffs as well. Um, the Cubs, uh, they were good, but all of a sudden they've lost nine straight Milwaukee. Um, they are a hot team as well. They won, I think something like 10 or 11 straight. And they, I think they just lost one against Pittsburgh, which you got Pittsburgh has to win some games, but, uh, just not a lot. Okay. Awkward pause for a beer sip now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's it. I think it's good that not everything is going as <laughs> as as people expected. Uh, it makes things interesting, and even when it does go as as expected, it's, it's it, baseball. There's always something going on, so so that's that's interesting. Um, so I was listening to. I don't know if you heard. I listened to a lot of baseball podcasts. I was listening to the uh, ESPN Baseball Tonight podcast this week, and they interviewed uh, Todd Radom, and they were, they do their their weekly uh, uh, uniform quiz. But he was mentioning how uh, Salem Field. Uh, where the Blue Jays play in Buffalo, uh, was actually uh, a, a retro-design field. Uh, and they were the first to do that before even uh, the, the Orioles did that. So Salem Field was retro before it was cool. That It was built in 1988, and uh, I guess they built it originally to, to try to attract uh, a major league uh, team, which didn't end up working until until now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so Salem Field was retro before it was cool, and it sort of... Uh, that was before uh, Baltimore started the uh, the kind of the trend of, 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 of the retro ballpark, and it's it's you know it's nice that the Jays have have the Rogers Center to play in, but it would have been uh, great to have them in a in, in a more uh, I guess less modern facility for for nineteen eighty nine standards. Uh, yeah, uh, it would be nice to see them under an open roof with with natural grass, but uh, just being at a game. In, in Rogers Center is 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 it's it's a good stadium to watch a game. I've I've been in worse. Uh, Olympic Stadium is terrible, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it it's it, it could be worse. Rogers Center is 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 a great place to watch watch a game. Um, don't don't take it for granted. Um, and people are people are starting to talk. But I was listening to. Uh, a little bit of the radio broadcast uh, from the Tampa Bay end. They're saying that there's rumblings that there could be some sort of move to to the Rogers Center come August. I don't know. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think that uh, I think that a third move is just going to be too much upheaval on the team. Um, and let, like it's, it's, it's I, I I think that. Uh, the 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 team I, I, well I don't know I, I don't know if, if if the front office is 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 having unrealistic expectations but I think the fans maybe are being teased a little bit too much by the Ford government uh, opening things up and 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 creating these expectations but I just don't think that um, f- from a team standpoint that it would make sense to to 
move for a third time this year. Like they're not just moving players; they're moving players' families. They're moving their uh, facilities, like the gyms. They've they've put tons of money into Salem Field to to make it a, a major league stadium. Um, and they're 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 moving all the infrastructure that they they've they've brought with them with the gyms and all things like that. Offices, front offices. They have to like relocate. They have to they have to move. <laughs> families have to move they're going to be basically what, what's probably going to happen is they're going to be living in hotels for for the last two months of the season and playoffs if there, if there is some so it's it's just going to be i don't know i think that it'd be too much of a mental grind for the players especially when they're in in the the most heated time of the year when it, when it starts to get really like competitive for the playoff spots so and I, I think that they, I know that they, they would make more money if everything was open 100% for, for fans at the Rogers Center. Uh, but I think it makes more sense from a, a winning standpoint to stay put in Buffalo and, and then next year play in Toronto. Okay, so um, yeah, that's just going through my list here. Um, I guess we'll get to um, a couple of baseball reads now. Um, I finished another book. I uh, started reading uh, Powerball by Rob Nyer and basically it was um it was a good follow-up book to my, to the last book that I wrote I wrote uh, read a book called uh, che- uh cheated uh it's about the Astros cheating scandal by and- Andy Martino um so so that was an interesting read um I think I talked about it on the last podcast uh and so I followed this up with with uh, Powerball by Rob Nyer, Nyer and I didn't know um really like I knew it was basically following two teams uh, and, and talking about uh, the state of modern baseball. This book was written in 2017. Uh, I didn't realize that one of those teams would be the Houston Astros. So it, it was kind of interesting to read it with the knowledge that I that we have now about how the uh, the cheating scandal came about. So, you know, like, um, but a lot of what Rob, Rob Nyer was talking about was, was really... Well, it was only four years ago, but it was really relevant. He was talking about sticky stuff. He was talking about how, how players are trying to like get more RPMs on the pitch, trying to get more RPMs on their on their throws. It was uh, a really interesting read, and I I, I kind of am glad like he didn't go super heavy into details about specifically the game action. Like he you know it was basically like describing the game. It would have been maybe a, a um, if it was just off the game descriptions, it would have been maybe just like a, a magazine article or whatever. But what was really interesting was just talking about how how the modern game. Um, uh, is um, and it, it, and how it how it has evolved to where it is now. Um, it was just a really interesting read. I, I thought that you know it, it's kind of a follow up to 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 uh, the post Moneyball. He calls it the post modern baseball era. Um, uh, yeah, it just, so far I haven't finished it yet. Oh no, I did finish it. Um, it's it, it was just really interesting to read, and I like I like just. Uh, reading about the state of baseball as it is now and i i recommend you check it out even though it was four years ago like you read it with the eyes that we have now about the astros cheating scandal um and also the the the, the sticky stuff uh, situation uh it's, it's pretty interesting so um and then i started a new book called uh, a day in the bleachers um so this is also uh this is by arnold Haino. this is uh also uh, an account of a baseball game this is uh, a 1954 World Series game between Cleveland and the, the New York Giants at the time. So uh, I just kind of got into this one, so I don't not too far in, but it's basically just uh, uh, his account of uh, going to that first game of the World Series. And apparently, this is the game of that famous Willie Mays catch, the catch they call it. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what his accounts of that of that catch and that play were, and also the, just the game in general. It's it's kind of nice to to see the perspective of of a game from almost almost 70, 70 years ago now, and and not just the game, but he talks about how he lines up to get tickets to uh, the bleachers and how they let people in. Um, it was just basically kind of general seating in the bleachers at the time. Uh, he watched the entire game from the bleachers uh, in, in the polo grounds uh, in, in Harlem. Um, so, so yeah. Well, someone just dropped something upstairs. Uh, so, yeah, that was that. It's, it's, it's an interesting read so far, and I like the pace of it. I like the uh, narration style. Apparently, he kind of wrote it all in one kind of sitting, uh, a, la, a la Jack Kerouac, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's nice to kind of sit and dig into the, to that book so far, for sure. All right, another awkward beer sip here. It was a good beer, by the way. I recommend it, Warrior Woman. Yep. Okay, so um, going into some more pop culture-y stuff here. Um, uh, one of my favorite and a lot of people's favorite uh, baseball movies is A League of Their Own. Um, so that's that. They're, they're I don't know if if, if you've heard, <laughs> but uh, they're making a, a Amazon is making a TV series out of it. So I'm actually pretty excited when I heard about that. Um, and uh, sorry, my wife just sent me a text. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to to watch it because they've got uh, I guess Abby Jacobson uh, from Broad Street uh, is is in it as well as um, I forget her name but Janet from uh, The Good Place is in it as well. And they just announced recently another uh, member of the cast uh, that's really exciting to me. Um, Nick Offerman is going to be cast in the coach role, um, not the uh, Jimmy Dugan Tom Hanks role. They have a different uh, character. His name is Casey Dove Porter, and I guess um, this guy is this Casey Dove uh, Porter is an ex. Uh, oh, okay. Here's here's what it says in the Hollywood Reporter. It says the character is most famous because his forkball killed a dove in midair in the middle of a game. Uh, so that's where he gets the nickname from. I guess maybe they got that uh, inspiration from Randy Johnson. Uh, not too sure. Maybe we should start calling Randy Johnson Pigeon. I don't know. Um, anyway, so I'm excited to see that, uh, Nick, Nick Offerman is one of my favorite people. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's going to be fun to watch. All right, now it's time for a Brewers check-in. Um, so I wrote this yesterday. Yesterday they had won 11 wins in a row, but I guess that streak was now snapped by the pesky Pirates. Um, they are 51 and 34. Um... They're one of them. The Dodgers are really hot. Boston's really hot. There's a there's a lot of teams on on on, on hot streaks right now. But they're one of the hottest teams in the league. Um, they've got a a tough week coming up this week uh, against the Mets and the Reds. The Reds are kind of another team on the rise. Uh, they've kind of they've overtaken the Cubs now in the standings in in the Central. So they're they're behind. Uh, the Brewers kind of far behind, but you know the the Reds are at 500, so that'll be an interesting week for the, for the Brewers. Uh, tough week, but uh, if they can keep their hot streak, they should they should do pretty well. And maybe if they perform well against the Mets, we'll see the Nationals kind of gain some ground uh, in the East as well. So that that'll be pretty uh, pretty interesting week for the for the uh, Brewers. All right, and now uh, looking ahead for the Blue Jays. Uh, they are off on Monday, uh, and then starting Tuesday, they have a series uh, in Baltimore, and after that, uh, I guess probably on f- it's a Friday in Tampa, and then the All-Star break. So 
Um, let's just check in on, on, on Baltimore and see how they are, are, are doing lately. Um, yeah, not, not, they're, they're just being Baltimore right now. They've, they're four and six in the lot in their last 10. So, uh, that is another series that the Jays have for the taking. Um, and who knows, we could see a totally different Tampa team, uh, come next week and they might turn things around and, 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 and put some wins in a row. So it's always a tough series against Tampa. So, uh, hopefully the Jays and it's tough playing, uh, at, at Tropicana field for, for whatever reason, the Jays just don't perform well in, in, at that stadium. Um, so that'll be a tough, a tough, uh, a tough, but hopefully winnable two tough, well, one tough, but winnable series. And then one, definitely they should win uh series against, against Baltimore. So, so, uh, uh, it, it'll be hopefully a, a pretty good week heading into the all-star break. Um, all right. So that's, that's it. Here's, here's another, uh, sip from my beer here. Okay. So now we're going into podcast notes, uh, from wives and I guess in this case, brothers as well. Um, so, uh, we were talking about Steve and I were talking about the fast and the furious, uh, last, uh, week. And Krista said that she will not watch the Fast and the Furious movies. And I can't blame her. I'm not really a car guy myself either. So I'm not sure that I'd really watch any of, any of those if I had the, the chance, really. I, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I'm not much of an action film kind of person either. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, Krista says... Oh, to Steve. This is for Steve. If you're listening, Steve, I hope you li- you get this far. Krista says, thanks for listening to our podcast. Krista and I ho- started hosting a new podcast called We Time. Search it if you want to hear it. Uh, it's about relationships and, and, and mushy stuff and stuff like that, if you're into that stuff. But if you're listening to a sports podcast, you I don't know if you're going to... Uh, well, if you're like me, maybe, maybe you will be interested in it. I don't know. Anyways, it's called We Time. Uh, so thanks, Steve, for listening to the podcast. Episode 2 just came out last Wednesday. Um, Krista says that she misses the Brita filter update and we need to replace it with something. And I agree. It was a, it was a fun segment, uh, but, uh, it did get killed by, uh, Glenn when he co-hosted the show. Um, but it's something that kind of came up organically. So I'm not going to try to force a new segment in there when it comes up, if something happens, it'll happen, but, uh, not just gonna, gonna force something because, uh, uh, it's it's it, it won't turn out well so dear just just wait well i'm sure something will, will, will come but you just have to wait for it and then we've got um a note from glenn uh glenn i haven't been keeping score so i don't know how many times i've mentioned i think maybe on the third mention so that's uh, g3 in your scorebook um i'd call this maybe the sixth inning I don't, i'm not sure um glenn says that the comic-con equivalent of fast and furious is the people who race the cars down hazel dean road every friday night uh people who aren't listening from ottawa uh, hazel dean is uh, a, a a big busy road uh in the canada area and i i would say uh, also uh, equivalent is earl armstrong which is the street that i i live close to uh, it's also quite loud with 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 loud racers um so yeah uh yeah that's i have nothing more to to add to that (laughs) awkward silence i guess maybe it's time for me to take another beer okay so personal stuff time um so i've come up with a new normally we do home run uh walks and uh 
strikeouts that's better i decided to come up with a new metric uh for uh to to, to start things off with um my new metric is called time adjusted for reality or tar um so we ordered a new bed frame uh for our bed we've been kind of sleeping with the, with the mattress on the floor like like college students because uh the, the kids sleep with us and we didn't want them to roll out roll too far out of bed so we finally ordered a new bed frame because i think we're, we're we're past the the rolling phase or at least if they roll they can kind of fall safely uh, <laughs> so uh yeah um now in the, on the information on this bed frame it says that it takes 10 minutes to assemble the bed so um i don't think that's realistic so i think that the the time adjusted for reality the tar uh, calculation is if you were to multi- multiply get to multiply the the the, the time estimate by uh, the amount of children that you have, and then multiply it again by the age total. So 10 minutes times two children times total age is uh, four uh, is an hour and 20 minutes. So I predict that it will take an hour and 20 minutes to build this this bed frame. Um, at a certain point, though, I guess um, I'm just thinking out loud here now. But as the kids get older, the um, you'll have to add in the variable of of their as they get older, they probably do get a little bit more helpful. So um, I might have to readjust the formula for, for age down the line. But at this point, um, if, if, they're, if, if they're under the age of, say, like seven or eight, uh, the helpfulness uh, quotient is still on, on the low end. So like, it's going to take an hour and 20 minutes is, is, is the time adjusted for reality. So that's your new metric for today. Um, okay, so let's go to my home run for the week. Uh, my home run is croissants. I think that um, basically we should just replace all bread with croissants. Uh, we should, uh, you know, like sandwiches, easy croissants, French French toast, croissants. Um, I'm sure you could probably even like make waffles. You could put the croissants in the waffle iron and you'd have waffle croissants. Um, pizza dough croissants, that'd be pretty good. Uh, hamburger croissants. You can, you can croissant anything. Uh, so yeah, I think that we should just replace all bread with croissants. Um, yeah, so now let's get on to the walk here. Um, we have the barbecue all set up now. We have a, a full tank. Uh, it's just really difficult to uh, barbecue with, with children around because, you know, for safety purposes, you don't want them to be close to the barbecue. But you have to leave the house in order to turn on the barbecue. So. Uh, we have not been able to use the barbecue more than once so far this 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 summer, so that's my walk. Just we ha- the barbecue's out and it's ready to go, but just haven't been able to really take advantage of it yet. Uh, so that's the walk for the week. Uh, the strikeout. Uh, I'll do a couple strikeouts because I'm both the host and the co-host this week. Uh, strikeout, uh, and they're both kind of uh, related to each other. The strikeout is uh, teething. Uh, and Canada Day fireworks. Uh, first of all, teething our, our one-year-old Bo right now is, is 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 getting like I think like eight teeth. He's they're just all coming in, and it means that he does not sleep very well, and so it's very hard to get him to sleep. And this past week was also Canada Day, which means that people were setting off amateur fireworks in the neighborhood, and they are loud fireworks. So teething baby plus Canada Day fireworks means he doesn't sleep so we, we we tried just to have a nice quiet night uh out in the gazebo 
uh, we were watching, I don't know what we were, we were watching TV or something. Uh, but the fireworks went off and the baby woke up and would not go back to sleep until those fireworks ended. And they were, they were loud. Uh, so yeah, fireworks and teething are my strikeouts for this week. And that's just about it. I'm going to end on a, on a shameless plug. We were talking about it a little bit last week. I have a, a solo album out. Um, it's called Sense of Self. You can hear it on Bandcamp. You can hear it on Apple Music, on uh, Spotify, YouTube Music, Google, where, wherever you, 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 you stream music, you can you can find it. Um, so I'll plug it there. If you, um, give it a listen. I'm, I'm going to, because, because I have the podcast all to myself, I will not end with our traditional take me out to the ball game. I will end with... Uh, a song from the album called You and You and You. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's the new album. It's been out for about a week now. Check it out if you like it. It's kind of kind of folky, kind of alt country. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's. It, I've been working on it for the past six months during the the pandemic. So it's it's uh, one of the best things that I've, that I've I've done. So so check it out. Here it is. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Here's you and you and you. I think that's enough yous in there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. One more awkward beer pause. Spending my watch Chasing birds in hand Not minding the flock Passing by overhead Taking stock of dreams unplanned Stirring the pot over words left unsaid What more shall I want When I have you and you and you What else have I got Without you and you and you My cup is full Yet I pine for its spill Upset on the table into a puddle of milk The street's straight and level But I climb it like a hill If I make it to heaven I'll atone my sins still What more shall I want When I have you what else have I got without you and you and you? When the going gets hard, you follow your heart. What more should I want? What else have I got? Forget me not, no matter what. What more shall I want When I have you and you and you What else have I got Without you and you and you What more shall I want When I have you and you and you What else have I got Without you